Welcome, friends! I'm your host, Adrian, and yes, you found us, Tea with Puppets, a podcast about Canadian stamp collecting. Yeah! This is episode number 13, and today we'll be talking about a certain flag and the stamps that honor it. Get yourself cozy, and we'll jump right into it in just a moment. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us. Today we'll be talking about the one and only Canadian flag. Since 1996, February 15th has been commemorated as National Flag of Canada Day. So what a great way to celebrate with an episode about the stamps that honor the Canadian flag. But before we begin, let's first talk about how the Canadian flag we know and love actually came to be. Prior to 1965, Canada flew what was known as the Canadian Red Ensign. Although it was never officially adopted by the Parliament of Canada, it was in use for many years. Essentially, it was a British red ensign featuring a Union flag in the canton and a shield showing off the coat of arms of Canada. By the 1960s, the debate for an official Canadian flag intensified and became a subject of controversy. This led to what has become known as the Great Flag Debate of 1964, which started on June 15, 1964, when Prime Minister Lester B. Pearson proposed his plans for a new flag in the House of Commons with a resolution to, quote, to establish officially as the flag of Canada, a flag embodying the emblem proclaimed by His Majesty King George V on November 21, 1921. Three maple leaves conjoined on one stem in the colors red and white then designated for Canada, the red leaves occupying a field of white between vertical sections of blue on the edges of the flag. End quote. Pearson sought to produce a flag which embodied history and tradition, but also excluding any British-related components from its identity. One of the drivers for this was Pearson's experience from the Suez Canal Crisis of 1956. The Suez Crisis erupted when Egyptian President Abdul Nassar nationalized the Suez Canal Company, which had been run by the French with the British government as the largest single shareholder. The canal was an absolutely vital conduit for oil. If Nassar blocked the precious flow, he could cripple the British economy. Now, we could go into greater detail on this incident, but what's important to know is that Pearson had been a significant peace broker during the crisis, for which he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. One of the issues Pearson faced, though, was the Egyptian government objected to Canadian peacekeeping forces being there under the Canadian flag at the time, because the red ensign contained a Union flag, a symbol of the United Kingdom. This was particularly difficult for the Egyptians, considering the United Kingdom was one of the belligerents in this crisis. Therefore, Pearson had a very clear goal for the Canadian flag to be distinctive and unmistakably Canadian. Now let's listen as Pearson makes his case to a tough crowd of the Royal Canadian Legionnaires in Winnipeg about the new flag. Members of the Legion are aware of, of my government's commitments made by our party some years ago to ask Parliament, to ask Parliament, to decide on a distinctive Canadian flag within a certain period of time. In World War I, the flag that flew for Canadian soldiers overseas was the Union Jack. In World War II, in January 1944, the Red Ensign came officially on the scene.
World War II, the Red Ensign came officially on the scene, though we sometimes forget. It's all right, Mr. Chairman, this is a veterans meeting. <laughs> and as Harry Truman once said, if you can't stand the heat, keep out of the kitchen. But we do sometimes forget the flag designated for the first Canadian division, the first Canadian forces overseas, and presented as such to General McNaughton on his departure from Canada for Europe, was one with three joint red maple leaves predominant on it. And, and I believe, as sincerely as some of you may believe in another design, I believe that today a flag designed around the maple leaf will symbolize and be a true reflection of the new Canada. Today, today there are five million or more Canadians whose tradition is not inherited from the British Isles, but who are descendants of the original French founders of our country. There are another five million or more who have come to Canada from other faraway lands whose heritage is neither British nor French. I believe that a Canadian flag as distinctive as the maple leaf in the Legion badge will bring them all closer, bring all these Canadians closer to us of British stock and make us all better and more united Canadians. In taking this position, I know there are others, and it's quite clear tonight, there are others who disagree wrongly, honestly, and deeply with me. Such a nation is bound to raise strong emotions. Symbols, symbols. <laughs> symbols have a deep emotional meaning. That is why they help to make a nation great help to inspire and nourish loyalty, patriotism, and devotion among those who make up the nation. And, well, we have the right in this free country to disagree, thank God. And we also have the right to express our point of view and to have it listened to. And so an emotional reaction is roused when there is any suggestion that all symbols should be adapted to new conditions and new needs. The main opponent to his plan to change the flag was the leader of the opposition and former Prime Minister John Diefenbaker, who argued for the retention of the Canadian Red Ensign. Diefenbaker and his fellow party members mounted a filibuster to delay the proceedings. Let's hear Diefenbaker's comments. What about our position? Well, I'm going to refer first to the order in council passed uh, during the government of the Right Honorable Mackenzie King on the 5th of September 1945. His Excellency doth hereby declare that it shall be appropriate to fly the Canadian Red Ensign within and without Canada, wherever place or occasion may make it desirable to fly a distinctive Canadian flag. And that's been so all during the intervening years. In August of 1945, 
General Creer, the commander of the Canadian Army, has told the Canadian people that as he left Parliament Hill, uh, Mr. King looked up at the Tower of Parliament and saw, seeing the red ensign there said something to this effect, well, that's another thing that the men overseas established during this war, the Canadian national flag. But Mr. Pearson said, I, I promised to bring in a flag. There have been so many other things that he promised, how uh, that he's forgotten, how uh, that he says are no longer applicable, but he has decided to bring in a flag at a time when Canadian unity has never been more divided than it is now in every part of Canada. What he has succeeded in doing in 13 months has been to put race against race, and province against province. This man who parades in the, the, in the garb of Canadian unity, we have had a flag. Flags can be changed, but flags cannot be imposed, the sacred symbols of a people's hopes and aspirations, by the simple, capricious, personal choice of a Prime Minister of Canada. And let me underline that point. Now then, Whenever the well, majority of Canadian people want a new version, and when the design is meaningful and acceptable to most Canadians, that's democracy. I just looking over Hansard this evening. I asked him this question as to whether or not, under the circumstances, he would permit or he would arrange for a national referendum. And his answer was no. He has acted in this manner, in this matter, in an arbitrary manner. He said he was going to give Parliament the right to a free vote. And then he explained what he meant by a free vote, that you're going to be allowed to vote. But if you vote against him, you'll have an election. As you can imagine, the seemingly endless debate raged on in Parliament with no side giving an inch. Eventually, on September 10, 1964, Prime Minister Pearson yielded to the suggestion that the matter be referred to a special flag committee. Pearson wanted three Maple Leafs bordered by blue, but I won't get into all the details and maneuvers, but essentially Pearson's opponents did not want his design to win. The committee eventually rallied behind a design by George Stanley that is essentially what we know as our flag today. It won unanimous decision when the bipartisan committee voted, but as any Canadian can tell you, a committee recommendation means nothing if not adopted by the Parliament. So even though within six weeks the committee had decided on the design, it still needed to go to a vote in the House of Commons. Former Prime Minister Diefenbaker would absolutely not budge on this issue, so the debate continued with numerous filibusters and tactics of parliamentary nature. After some 250 speeches, the debate over the proposed new Canadian flag was ended by closure. So for those that don't know, closure in Parliament is a procedural way to bring debate on a question to a conclusion 
by having a vote of the majority of the House. And once that's done, the debate ends. So essentially, that's what the Pearson liberals did. They totally ended the discussion about the flag. So with this closure in place, the final vote occurred to adopt the George Stanley designed flag. And that happened at 2.15 a.m. on the morning of December 15th, 1964. And it was passed by a vote of 163 to 78. And it was done. The Canadian flag was now the Canadian flag that you see everywhere that you now know and love. But for now, let's hear the reaction right after the vote from the different parties involved. First, let's hear from Diefenbaker. I quote Mr. Pickerskill, who a couple of years ago said that never again would a government in its right mind bring in closure. It's completely inexcusable, unjustifiable, and indeed it will shock anyone with a belief in the parliamentary system. Just imagine, in the month of May or June, the Prime Minister said he would have his flag by July the 1st. He didn't say Dominion Day because that's an expression that's taboo in liberal circles. Then he was going to have his flag by the time that the Queen visited Canada. Then he was going to have a flag by Christmas. And when he found difficulty in achieving the latest of his predictions, he brought in a flag by closure. Now, the reaction of, of this nature wasn't only from the Conservative Party, as we can hear from Tommy Douglas from the NDP and his thoughts on the closure in the vote. My own feeling uh, in the matter was that uh, while I'd like to see the uh, filibuster brought to an end, uh, I didn't think that uh, the government was justified in introducing closure because, in a way, they painted themselves into this corner by saying that he would have a flag before Christmas and by persisting on the flag debate rather than dealing with other important items on the legislative program, the Prime Minister really forced uh, the House into either supporting closure or having a continued debate. Are you against closure, period, Mr. Douglas? No, I'm not against closure, per se. Uh, if this had been a matter which uh, affected the lives of the people of Canada uh, very vitally, if this had been the Canada Pension Plan or Medicare or a labor code and it was being held up and there had been adequate opportunity to discuss it, then, of course, I would have voted for closure. I think a flag is something different. First of all, there's no date line. Wouldn't hurt if we didn't have a flag until the end of the session or sometime next session. I don't think it was pressing. I don't think this is the best way to get a flag. I think that uh, if you have a flag, you ought to try to get a general consensus of support behind it. I hope now that the flag has been chosen by a two-to-one vote in the House of Commons, that all the members and all the people of Canada, irrespective of what their views may have been in the past, will now get behind this flag and that we'll all do our very best to make uh, this flag the symbol of a country that is strong, free, and united. As you can see, Tommy Douglas had a much more uh, balanced view of things. And finally, you know, to round it out, let's get a point of view from Liberal MP Guy Favreau, who kind of gives you an idea of how the Quebec portion of the Pearson Liberals felt about this vote and um, selection of a new flag. Well, how do you feel at this moment, Mr. Favreau? Well, I feel much exhilarated, of course, and I think that uh, it's, very, it's a very most, uh, rewarding evening. Uh, as all of you know, I've had the very trying 15 last days. I've learned more about the cruelty of politics, I think, in 15 days than many have in 15 years. But if 
I had to start it all over again as the price see, to obtain uh, a flag for Canada, which is truly Canadian, I would start all over again because that's really a very small price to pay indeed. You're very moved by this decision tonight. Well, I am completely moved. The only reason myself I entered politics was to try to participate, if possible, very modestly to the cause of Canadian unity. And I think that this cause tonight has been served or is being served as never before it has been. And for our future, that of our children and of all our posterity and Canada, uh, this will have been one of the greatest nights ever. In the previous clips, you heard about the talking about how the liberals would pay for this vote in the next election. But what ended up happening actually is Pearson retired in late 1967 before the next election. And he was there to watch Pierre Elliott Trudeau lead the Liberals to victory in 1968. As for the flag, Queen Elizabeth II approved the Maple Leaf flag by signing a royal proclamation on January 28, 1965. This happened when both Prime Minister Pearson and the leader of the opposition, Diefenbaker, were in London attending the funeral of Sir Winston Churchill. Now, we've heard a lot from the politicians in this episode, but what about the public opinion about the flag? Here's what Canadians thought of the flag debate, as reported by CBC at the time. Reaction to the new flag and the debate has been mixed across the country. CBC reporters got these opinions. First, Halifax. Well, great. I think it's just great. We should have had a new flag years ago. I, I believe that we need a symbol that people outside Canada can recognize. Good evening, sir. What's your reaction to the, the new flag? Well, I think it's, it's settled now. I think it's the right, the right kind of thing for it, for the country. They were arguing about it, so I think now the flag's in now, so I think it'll be the best way now. You're satisfied with it, I'm eh? satisfied with it, yeah. From Montreal, John Shelter sends this report. It's hard to say there's a reaction to the new flag in Montreal. There's relief that the debate is over, gratification that something has been decided at last, but really no elation at the choice. Most of the English-speaking people accepted the new flag with such comments as, it's about time, I'm glad it's over at last, and it's a pretty good flag, I guess. A few, a very few, just didn't like it at all. On the French side, the reactions were even less excited. I could probably sum up the total French-Canadian opinion by saying, so what? There were Gallic shrugs, thumb-down gestures, and I was told more than once that it just didn't matter. This is John Sheldon's reporting to CBC News from Montreal. In Toronto, reporter Norman Allen got this reaction. I think I'd rather have the... Uh, the red ensign? No, not the red ensign, but the original flag with the one maple leaf and uh, two blue bars. What do you think? I like the red ensign. I don't know. I like the old one. The you like the old one? Yeah. Sure. Well, now that we have the new one, uh, do you think it's all right, or would you have preferred to see some other design? No, I don't know. Really, uh, I, uh, I think it's all right, but I still, I still like the other one. I don't see what they're wasting all this time and money for just debating over the flag anyway. In Regina, reporter Ron Chester talked with these people. Well, yes, I, I'm pleased to see they finally got the thing settled. I have been a little perturbed the way the Parliament has been going in the past. I think the nation has suffered because of it. I'm glad that closure was invoked and that uh, it was brought to a decision. And, uh, now I think it's up to us to get behind the flag and say this is it. I'm just wondering where you'd find a red maple leaf. Well, I don't like the um, white and red. For one thing, I like the Union Jack. 
And in Vancouver, reporter Brian Kelleher got these reactions. Well, I think the, the flag itself is, is quite nice, but does it represent the whole of Canada? This is the most important thing. Well, do you think it represents more French Canada than the rest? I believe that. What do you think of the government's move to impose closure in the commons and sort of limit debate on it in order to get a new flag? Do you think this was the right way to do things? Well, I don't know what alternative they had. They went, uh, uh, they put up with the conservatives as long as they could, and uh, they were getting worse than the ladies at a tea party trying to decide if they wanted pink or green napkins. As you can see, there was a variety of opinions. But regardless, the flag was inaugurated at noon on February 15, 1965, at an official ceremony held on Parliament Hill in Ottawa. So, now that we have an idea of how the actual flag came to be, let's talk about the stamps and the flags on the stamps. After the depiction of reigning monarchs on Canadian stamps, the Canadian flag could arguably be seen as the second most frequent sight on Canadian stamps. I've counted over at least 60 stamps that have had the Canadian flag on them. Here are just some of the highlights that you can look for. The first stamp with the new Canadian flag was released on June 30th, 1965, the day preceding Canada Day. It's a simple stamp with the flag being in a central position of the stamp, and it's flying on a mast in a moderate breeze against the blue sky. The following year, the Canadian flag made another appearance on a release on June 30th, 1966, once again the day before Canada Day. It was the final stamp in the Floral Emblem series. The stamp is a series featuring the provincial armorial bearings and the floral emblems of all 10 provinces, plus the Yukon and the Northwest Territories. The stamps were issued in the order of which the provinces entered Confederation. Now this Canada Coat of Arms stamp was, as Canada Post noted at the time, a logical culmination to a series designed to lead up to the centenary of Canada's Confederation. So to no one's surprise during Canada's centenary, they released another stamp with the Canadian flag. This stamp was issued on January 11, 1967. The stamp depicts the globe where the landmass of Canada is emphasized in bold blue. In a similar blue is the national centennial symbol at the lower right. Superimposed on the overall design is the red and white national flag that we know and love. I think this is one of the nicer versions of the Canadian flags on a stamp. After that, there's a long break with very few stamps with the Canadian flag on it. It then appeared again in 1989, and once again in a definitive coil stamp issued from 1991 to 1995. In the 1990s, there was also the issue on June 29, 1990, and May 1, 1995, celebrating the 25th and the 30th anniversaries of the flag, respectively. To me, though, one of the most interesting Canadian flag stamps was a stamp issued for the 50th anniversary in 2015. The post office created its first stamp made from fabric with an image depicting a flapping Canadian flag. Made from rayon, the stamp features a three-dimensional image of the Canadian flag and provides $5 in postage. While the stamps can be used as regular postage, they are really aimed at collectors and those looking for a unique souvenir. Jim Phillips, director of the stamp services, said the plan was to create something similar to a patch that a person might wear while traveling in a foreign country. Mr. Phillips and his team had wanted to develop the fabric stamp for a number of years, but waited for the right opportunity. As he noted, quote, the flag for Canada's first fabric stamp was a perfect subject and the 50th anniversary of the flag was a great time. It just seemed to be a natural for us on this one. You just wouldn't do a cloth stamp for a series of flower stamps or something like that. Stamp designer Costa Tzakis said printing the image of the flag on rayon was a unique technical challenge. Quote, There's a real coarseness to the material, so ink doesn't quite behave the way that we're used to. End quote. A flag was photographed by Mr. Tzakis' company Signals, and then the image was digitally manipulated to create the final picture. 
Different inks were tested to try to recreate the red featured in the flag on the stamp material. A lot of trial and error took place before the final process for creating the stamp was worked out. As Mr. Sasakis noted, there's a reason we normally print on smooth paper. It's because ink behaves much more predictably on that surface. It was interesting to see how metallic inks lost much of their luster, while some non-metallic ones actually began to look metallic on the fabric. There was also just a regular stamp to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the flag issued that same year, but in my eyes, this is the version stamp collectors will want to add to their collection. So that's it for the 13th episode. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and sharing the show with your friends. The time you take to do this helps us get the word out, so we appreciate it immensely. If you're looking for more info about the show, make sure to check us out at teawithpuppets.com. To see the stamps we mentioned in this episode and more, click on the show notes image at the top right corner of our website or the link we've added to the description of this particular podcast episode. If you have any podcast feedback, ideas for guests, cool stories, or more, we'd love to hear it too. You can email us over at feedback at teawithpuppets.com. Finally, if you're on Facebook, make sure you like our page or follow us on Twitter at our handle, Tea with Puppets. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon for our next episode. Have a super rest of the day and happy collecting.